G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day and welcome to another episode. Today we are kicking off episode one, if you like, of a four-episode series on what I call purpose-led financial services businesses. And what I mean by purpose-led is these are businesses that have really chosen to help solve problems for a specific type of client. And this is an exciting trend that's been happening in financial services over the last decade. And I think it's a great thing for consumers. In the past, you might have just gone to see a financial advisor and, and probably just hoped that they were a good operator and a trustworthy person. But now, as I say, these businesses, they're, they're designed really to help you at whatever, whatever stage of life you're at and whatever problems you might be facing. They've developed solutions for that. The first of these businesses today is The Money Sandwich and Mark Bynum. He's been a a financial advisor for the last 33 years and he's recently closed that chapter and he's become a financial coach. Now, a financial coach normally um, helps people with their habits and their behaviours to help them make better money decisions and Mark's focused his business primarily on helping people in their 50s and 60s better manage their money and it's really around what's called the sandwich generation. Now what is the sandwich generation you might ask? Well it is a generation of people in their 50s and 60s who are sandwiched between their young adult or nearly adult children on one side and their aging parents on the other. So you can think about those that dynamic. They're trying to help their their kids get up and going in the world. They might their parents might be getting a bit more vulnerable, and they're trying to help them. At the same time as those two dynamics are going on, they've got to try and design and implement their own retirement plans. So it can be a real juggle. And Mark has um, designed his entire business around this with coaches, uh, with with courses, and his coaching. He's also just written a book called The Money Sandwich, uh, a fantastic book. I'm partway through it myself. And he's also launched a podcast called A Bite from The Money Sandwich. Um, it, it's a really great story because um, you know, Mark has taken those years of expertise and he's honed it into these courses that can be delivered into more people and the book as well, which can be delivered into more people. It's a fantastic practical guide to help people at this stage of life. Mark came in for a chat. Uh, We talked about a number of things uh, facing this group, the sandwich generation. Specifically, I wanted to touch on a couple of myths uh, and dispel those um, around retirement. Mark's so knowledgeable in this area. I know you'll get a lot from the interview and I'll see you on the other side. 
If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. I'm here today with Mark Bynum from The Money Sandwich. How are you, Mark? Oh, well, thanks, Tim. Uh, Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really wrapped to have you on. uh, We're kicking off this um, little block of episodes that we're doing really about um, advisors and coaches that are really purpose-led in the way that they've designed their business or or the people that they're trying to help. Um, And I'm really looking forward to chatting to you about this because you've also, you know, I think you've... um, you've taken a really great step in your career. Um, but before we do all of that and we chat about your business, um, tell us or tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally. Sure. Uh, and I'll try and keep it short. Uh, <laughs> Don't uh, have to. <laughs> married with two adult daughters, lovely daughters, lovely wife. And uh, we love traveling. And, you know, there is a, there is a, bucket list dream of living three or four months in Italy every year. Oh, uh, yeah, so, beautiful. Uh, and be able to take the grandchildren eventually over there. So, yeah, so that's a bit about the personal side, although I must admit I, I tried to kick a soccer ball around up until last year, but I think now I'm 60. I think I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've had enough. Uh, and professionally, yes, I've been oh, – well, I was an electrical engineer for 10 years, but I was only a very average electrical engineer and – the share market definitely interested me back then, but that was just 1987 share market crash. Yep. So I didn't get into share, uh, the share market, but I did get into superannuation. Uh, and so that's been 33 odd years uh, doing that. And I've, I've pretty well loved it. I've loved dealing with clients. And probably the only thing I haven't loved is that it's become a compliance, very yeah. overly compliant industry. Uh, and I think it's gone the other end of the dial and it just hopefully over the next few years is starting to come back to a middle ground, which will make it great, uh, much better for everyone. Uh, try to do my bit. I've been very involved with the Association of Financial Advisors and I'm uh, the immediate past president, which I did that for four years and that yeah. was during a Royal Commission. So that was pretty interesting, dealing with politicians and others um, on that. Uh, and now, yeah, decide to take a bit of a, a left field turn and try this new career well i yeah i really love this new career that you you've taken on because um i think what i i really um enjoy speaking to people that really understand what they're trying to do in their business for the consumers they're trying to help and you know you're coming out into this coaching career with your 33 years of experience as a financial advisor so i'm sure you've seen many, many individual situations. Um, tell us a little bit about your business, uh, The Money Sandwich, um, and then i really love to explore um, who the sandwich generation are as well. Yeah, I'd be happy to explain, I suppose. Oh, and this has all happened in a bit of a whirlwind because last Christmas uh, when I was just about to launch the uh, or have the book finished uh, eventually because yeah. of lockdown and everything. It took a few months to get it out uh, officially, but it was that was it. I've done the book. That was my COVID 2020 project, finished the book. 
or had been meaning to write one for about three years, but I got down uh, and did it in 2020. And that was it. I, I, I had a, a, a business that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed, uh, with, as I said before, um, uh, helping my clients uh, retire comfortably. And But then spoke to a few people about how, okay, I should promote yeah. this book or that. And that went very quickly to, well, you need to have a website. Uh, and then once I had the <laughs> yeah. website, they said, well, you really need to spend not two, three, but four days a week doing this. And yeah. there's a business just in this alone. And I really, it was allowed me to sort of, uh, I took a bit of time off of a few weeks anyway, and just sort of thought about it. And I realized there's one, one major statistic that I kept coming back to. And I realized while the book was out there, if I didn't give it the time to promote and just uh, in general, uh, and went back to being advisor, I was never going to really help the reason I wrote yeah. the book. And that was Asfa and APRA put out yearly stats and they say that an average couple at 67 needs $640,000 to retire comfortably if you've got your own home. Yep. And, um, and which surprised a few people, most people do think you need a million, two million dollars, but 640,000 yeah, and they've done a lot of analysis on that. And that's okay uh, for that figure. But what I, my biggest concern is the other statistic is saying, well, what in reality is the average 67 year old couple retirement? Yeah. And that's only 420,000. So uh, 220,000 short of that figure. And I just feel that if the average 67 year old, 65 year old couple are retiring uh, as a couple with 420,000, there could have been so many things you could have done to tweak that to get that up to at least the 640,000. Yep. And I just thought, as an advisor, that wasn't going to be my standard client or hadn't been for the last few years. Uh, and so I just thought, well, take the leap and go down this path. Yeah, fantastic. And I think exactly what you're saying, it's, it's going to allow you to use your skills hmm. in, in a way that's less burdened by all those other compliance um, yeah. obligations and, and you can just really have those meaningful conversations. Um, just talk us through. So obviously that's just a pure retirement figure you, you're talking there and obviously wanting to help as many people as you can um, really consider their future, I guess, and how they're going to um, – what their life's going to look like when they do retire or as they're transitioning into retirement and, and hitting that number. You mentioned the sandwich generation mm. in the book. Um, explain that. Yeah, and it, and it really fits in with this that figure statistic I was talking about because to me, the sandwich generation, and it was really hard to think of a term, you know, because you, you have the baby boomers, you have Gen X, Gen Y, millennials. Yeah. If you actually talk about people who are in their late 40s, 50s, and early 60s, the closest thing you can get to them is call them middle age. And people who are in their 50s and 60s definitely not, <laughs> yeah. do not like being called no. middle age. So, yeah. we and, and I just did a bit of research. In America, they have this term. Uh, it's mainly for legal, but it's for this 50s and 60s generation. Uh, and for me, pretty well, the two decades leading up to retirement. And, this, and it's simply the sandwich is that this generation of people and really is my own age i'm 61 now uh that on one side of us we have our adult millennial children and on the other side we have our elderly parents and so we're sandwiched yeah. in between and it's sort of 
Well, we're also trying to worry about, you know, what does our next stage of life, retirement, yeah. whether we keep on working, whether we have enough money uh, and all the things that go along with that. But when you speak to, uh, when I was an advisor and I was speaking to a couple and you say, you know, what are your main goals? It was, um, the husband might say, and this was just typical of the clients, the clients yep. I saw that, you know, okay, we want a hundred thousand a year for the rest of our life to, to be know that we're going yep. to be comfortable. But then you ask the wife what it is, and a lot of it is, well, I stay up at night stressing about how are my millennial children going to not get into the debt troubles that they yeah. see, you know, afterpay, credit cards. You know, the average 25-year-old has $5,000 in credit card debt already. So, you know, that's what they're, how are they going to get them a, a really good financial start to life? So there was this thing. And then, you know, a, year, a couple of years later, they come back and say, oh, well, you know, our, our parents, someone's had a fall. We need to get them into aged care. Yeah. Can you help? And so it was this real sandwich that financial advisors are slowly uh, seeing for this age group that, yes, yeah. retirement's important, but helping the adult children and helping their elderly parents uh, is this total package you can really help with. Well, don't you think most people probably would um, gravitate to looking after their family before they look after themselves. So yeah. in that instance, with those three dynamics there, the, the kids, their own needs and their, their elderly parents' needs, they're probably going to sacrifice their own needs, aren't they, and, and put all the effort into their kids and, and their parents. Yeah, and you're seeing that uh, just during COVID, the amount of 20-year-olds who moved back home. You know, they couldn't yeah. afford rent. They couldn't. And so now uh, uh, people in their 50s and 60s, you know, empty nesters for a lot of were expecting to be. And yeah. I, so this is why I also think this generation, this sandwich generation is quite unique because they say, well, aren't previous generations similar? And I said, well, no, when I was uh, yeah. my parents, by the time you're 18, 19, you were gone. You left home. Yeah. That's uh, right. And people, elderly side, parents, yeah, both all my grandparents were uh, had unfortunately passed by while I was at school. So yeah. people are living longer, and uh, and millennial children are struggling. And they're to get staying into at property, home longer. Staying at home longer, and because they can't <clears throat> yeah. get into their own property. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, uh, people in this sandwich generation, or people in their fifties and sixties, are having to think differently. Are having to see things which have never happened before. Mm. One thing I'd, I really love about the book, uh, The Money Sandwich, is, and, and I think what you've just described there, it feels for, um, you know, I think you can read some books about retirement, which feels like you're reading a textbook. And it's like, yes. you're reading it thinking, oh, does this person really understand what people are going through? But I think because of the way you framed it up with these other pressures, I would imagine people would read this and say, well, you know, this is really, I'm feeling this. This is what my life is, um, what's happening in my life. Um, could I start with just one um, particular thing that I really like in the book? It's really straightforward, but I reckon I experienced this as an advisor too. You call it the one-day myth, and I reckon this is a big one, yes. young or old. Yeah, uh, true, and... And just and thank you very much for, uh, for your compliment on the book. Uh, I should just say before this, one of the things I was really um, 
not worried about, but was just as a small concern that I didn't want it to make it too technical. As advisors, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know this well, and especially seeing younger advisors, and I know you have younger advisors in your practice, when you're mentoring them, one of the main things is to stop telling them to be too technical, you know? Yeah, it's exactly, when they're in front yeah. of people, you need to help explain it in simple to understand strategies and stories uh, to get the help get the points across. And so that was the way this book was. And I was introduced to a really good editor who actually is in Melbourne, David Brewster. And the good thing about him was he didn't have a financial background uh, and was able to anything of the chapters I'd give him and he would edit and he would just say, well, what do you mean by this? And I'd explain, he said, no, still don't get it, still don't get it. And so yeah. hope it was definitely done on purpose to hopefully for more people to be able to understand it. But yes, definitely the one day myth. Oh, it's just every advisor experiences. And when you see clients, a lot of the times when they see you, it's, oh, I've been meaning to get around to this yeah. you know, five years ago, 10 years. It was always one day I'll get around to it. And yep. it's just that, you know, you know, start now is the best time. To, you know, you can't change the past. Yeah. But one of the things I was shown very early on in an advisor, especially if I was talking to other advisors uh, or even to uh, consumers directly, was that, there's only 24 hours in a day. Uh, you only can outsource so many things. You can't outsource your, you know, your work, your lifestyle, your spirituality, <laughs> your pastimes, your hobbies, your travel. But you can outsource your finances, and you can't yeah. can outsource your legal side. Um, and so, why are you trying to do it all? Because otherwise, it's always going to be put at the bottom of the pile, and it'll be always one day. So yeah. it's it's just a myth that so many people we see and just saying. It was, I was going to get around to this one day, but life gets in the way. And so people need to realize that's not a bad thing. That's the norm. Uh, it's just, the norm. That's yeah, right. You just got to get started. And start wherever you're at, because I yeah. think we all, I don't know why do we all naturally gravitate to this mindset where it's like, well, I just wouldn't mind being a bit fitter before I start at the gym or I just wouldn't mind. <laughs> um you know, ha having a little bit more money behind me before I go and see the financial person. Yeah, and if you um, do that uh, around the water cooler test or you speak to your local, you know, your taxi driver and say, you know, what do you think a financial advisor does? Never do you hear they say, well, he will help me make a million dollars. It's always, yeah. I will see them when I make, when I already have a yeah, million dollars right. or I win lotto. And so, no, no, it's the other way around. But yeah, it's interesting. And I think more and more, and obviously because you're going the way you've written the book, and and you've also going into this coaching um, career, don't you feel that most of the work we do, yes, it's financially based, but it's about it's more life driven than anything else. Yes, I think, uh, and this is where the compliance side and you know recommending product and that sort of thing. I understand why. We need to have guidelines and rules, and uh, and but when they talk about the best interest duty of your client, to me that can't just be financial. Uh, you do need to actually understand what their life goals are. I remember yeah. uh, the example that was told to me a long time ago, and it's, it's stuck with me that uh, a person went and met a financial advisor and you know, looked at their situation and saw, yep, you, you've got a mortgage, you you only have this much in your super, we'll, we'll organise a plan to pay off that mortgage five years earlier to get you, have enough in super. And the person walked down and just said, well, that person just didn't get me. Um, what yeah. he also wanted to know was that he was working so hard, seven days a week, and his wife was also just uh, uh, just helping out so much 
that you know after 10 years on their 10th year anniversary he wanted to take her to Machu Picchu you know that was his goal yeah. that's why he worked so hard to have a better life for them but to also give that uh, to enjoy thank his life and if you yep. ask a lot of young especially younger advisors when they ask all the questions that they have to ask that doesn't get caught up so i think yep. you know you need to understand their life goals and especially when it comes to retirement financially is when you and you've experienced this plenty of times they only come in thinking i need to get my finances right or need to get my investments right yeah. when no have you actually spoken to your partner about what's that going to look like have you ever spent 24 yeah. hours a day with each other for a long period of time you can't <laughs> play golf endlessly uh yeah. you need what is that going to look like and so uh health and what's this next big challenge and i know you have the full lives plan yeah and that's so really good like for that sort of thing too we'll touch on that a little bit yeah. later I, I just um i well, you touched on it earlier and i thought i think uh, I, I really want to touch on this life element too but before we get to that, I I want to try and dispel some of the financial. Um, sure. And you mentioned it earlier that you think people or you, that they really overestimate what they they need mm. um, to have a good retirement. Quite often, what the amount that they need is not quite as high as what they think. Has that been your experience? It is, but I can understand if you don't get advice why you might think that way. Uh, and- yeah. A lot of people do come in and they say, oh, once they are getting, say, five, ten years off retirement, they've, they've had a chat with the mates, uh, they've had a chat with their uh, other their friends and family, and they all say, oh, well, someone said I need $2 million. You know, that's yeah. a, I just need $2 million. That's what I've got to get. And you say, why do you think $2 million? And yeah. you sort of say, let's just take it a few steps back and sort of, what do you actually live off now per week, per month, uh, especially net, because if we get this right and have it from the majority of your retirement income coming from super, which virtually zero tax. So yeah. uh, you've got to take away the tax element for a start. So there's virtually your 30, 40% of your um, yeah, uh, thinking money back. there, money back. So I absolutely think, uh, one, working out what you need to live on, minus kids, minus your hopefully home mortgage and things yeah. like that, uh, is the important part to start with. But then... A lot of people talk about the risk. Oh, I don't want to, when I get to 65, have my money in the share market. Uh, I want to make it far more conservative or in cash. Yeah. And, and you know, majority of people do have their money in banks. And to me, and it was told by Jodie Fitzgerald from Morning Say, she says it so well, the risk is not that you will lose your money. The major risk that you need to consider is you will outlive your money. Yes, and so right. you need to have your money working as hard as possible and as long as possible so that it can give you the the uh, the comfort in retirement that financially you'll be able to do what you want to do. And I and just to give you a quick just a, sorry for just a quick example on that, if someone was saying, okay, I need fifty thousand, people say, oh, well, I need at least a million dollars because there's five yeah. percent. Well, what if you're getting ten percent? But if you're getting eight yeah. percent, and also you want to, you don't need to leave a million dollars when you you pass no, away. You, right. you you want to leave yeah. it off capital, so you may not, you may only need six or seven hundred thousand. So it's definitely you need to get the advice. You only get to retire once, and so getting really professional advice and really working out comprehensively and in a detailed way how much you need in retirement, uh, down to how much on a monthly income, uh, is important. I think as well, it's, it's a great summary, Mark. Um, 
that I think quite often what we we do as um, financial advisors with people looking at their retirement plan, it's also about the planned erosion of the of that liquid asset, isn't it? It's like saying, well, it is going to erode, mm. um, and it will reduce, but we're going to do it in a planned way so you can you know, spend more money when you've got more energy and vitality when it, in your early years of retirement you won't need as much later on and so it's this staged approach because I, I think one of the challenges for many people coming into retirement especially once they finish working is they get very protective of that pot of money I find and mm. you know, it's nearly like oh well yeah we probably shouldn't spend the money on that new kitchen or we shouldn't buy a new car because it yeah. feels like we're being wasteful. Yeah, You're absolutely right and uh, uh, another thing I learned a long time ago was the ski principle spend kids inheritance um and uh <laughs> it's your lifetime you worked really hard for it i get if you want to actually leave something but if if you have a property or you have a home well they're going to receive that uh to me financially providing sorry an education uh, uh of money tips and that is a much better uh way to help your kids uh, yeah. yes if you can help them financially get into their first home that's great but you you know you don't need to leave them millionaires uh you need to you no. worked hard you need to enjoy life and really very rarely have i ever seen uh, an adult child say to, my, to the parents you can't spend that uh, you don't deserve to have that i need that as part of my <laughs> yeah. inheritance so you know that's really it's and it's not really psychology, but advisors sometimes do feel like counsellors and in exactly that, trying yeah. to explain to them, no, you've worked hard, you deserve this, uh, and yes, Absolutely. your kids will be fine. I think as well, like take the um, the air masks on the, on the aeroplane uh, mentality, which is fit your own air mask, get yourself yeah. sorted first, yeah. and then you can help other people uh, in your life. Um so, yeah, let, let's just roll on to this um, changing up elements of, um, I think this is, this happens when when you're faced with something like coming into retirement. It's a big change in, in your life. Um, when, when any of us um, are doing that, we can tend to overshoot or over-engineer the complexity. And I think what the book does so nicely is it really just says it doesn't need to be complex, but you need to have some deliberate plans um, and some solid foundations. Um, can you sort of talk us through that a bit? Yeah, I think, well, it's like any, if you're, well, if you're building a house, you need to have the foundation strong uh, or at least done. And there's a few things uh, that I like to sort of cover off on the, the basics. You know, you need to understand where your money's going every month. For example, it doesn't yeah. matter what age you are. Uh, a lot of people, even in their last decade before retirement, fifties and sixties, are still living paycheck to paycheck. They just don't know where they're spending their money, and that's people on a hundred thousand salaries and a million dollar salaries. They just yeah. so you need to understand your cash flow. You need to understand your debt, uh, and you know right through to making sure um, your insurances. And maybe as you get older, you don't need as much insurance, but people say. Uh, you'd find this, you know, and you ask them what insurance they have. So, oh, yeah, I've got insurance. I've got in my super. And then you actually ask them, 
how much insurance or what type yeah. of insurance and they don't know uh they just yeah. know they've got it and it's only if it unfortunately they get walk out by, in front of hit get hit by that proverbial bus that their family then realizes how much the insurance they have or, yeah. or that so the tick boxes for the foundations and the last one is of course making sure you've got a will um, you don't want to leave behind uh, problems for your family. So getting all that yeah. sorted, uh, looking at where your super is, looking how it's invested, getting all that, um, I think that's just, you know, that's just retirement 101 or just money 101 is to get yeah. those basics covered. And then you can look at, well, okay, now we've got those established. What can we do from there? Yeah, cool. Um, well, as you know, Mark, we've been using a, a framework um, with a company called Full Time Lives, and it, and it helps pre-retirees think about what they want in the important areas of their life um, and what they want that to look like in the future. Um, one of these relates to lifelong learning, and and that's a very important component. But I sort of see what you've done here. Um, you know, it would be tempting, and we see this quite often with people hanging on to their career. It's like, I don't want to let that go. I don't want to right. let that go. And and I just think you're a great example of, of saying, I can do something different now. I can add value. Um, you know, some people might be saying at the age of 60, well, I'm nearly done. But you're, you've taken this opportunity to reinvent what you're doing. You can add value and even starting a podcast. So tell yeah. us a, a little bit about your journey. Yeah, um, it was always wanting to from age 60 to 65 to slow down there's no question and, and that's still yeah. a very strong goal and it's from a lot of 60 year olds i've met they they're just the day where they just say i enjoy my work but i just don't want to be doing the five six days a week or the hours uh and i think that's absolutely fair so financially i like to see people uh, working because they want to rather than because they've been forced to. Yes. And and so knowing that you've got enough funds or you're on target to have enough funds that you've got that choice, well, then you're working nearly for fun. Uh, and that's a great place to be. Yes. Uh, and so that's where I'm at. I, I would be find it really difficult to just stop cold turkey. And I, I, I need to be doing something. And I think that's definitely as part of your full time lives. And some of the other things I've done with my clients, you need to know what your next big challenge is going to be. Yes. There's just no question. You can't just say, Oh, no, I'm just going to travel. That's going to wear very thin very soon. Uh, and so you do need to have a challenge mentally. Um, and a lot of people do give back to community. I think that's really important. That was really a big thing. one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so this is probably my area of giving back to community, uh, and that I'll do it. But I, I definitely only want to try and do two or three days. And what I, the whole point was from the book, the website, and the podcast, and soon online courses was to try and replicate what I was doing for my retiree or pre-retiree clients, and having it there all in one place so yep. that they can nearly do it themselves if they need to get some help they can get a one-off coaching or they can realize oh okay now i understand this i realize it's actually more complex i do need to go see a financial advisor but it was just my sort of helping that cause that i can do this and that's oh, yeah led, that's led to the podcast uh, a bite from the money sandwich which is yeah, very, very new. Um, I'm still getting used to it. Uh, but <laughs> You're it's... doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Uh, uh, but it was it was explained to me that really, you know, if you get 20 people listening to it or 200 people, that's 20 people 
who, you know, if you can only see one-on-one or one uh, to a couple, uh, but in that same hour, you can actually see 20 people or 50 people. Yeah. That that's You can help a lot of people that way. And so that just made sense to me. And uh, I think we've had this conversation before. One of the lucky things about our profession is we do get to hear some amazing speakers yes, from overseas, uh, conferences in our um, regular work, um, PD days, professional development days. And you often think that my clients would have loved to have heard that. Well, yeah. a podcast, and I know that's very much very your thinking that I can bring those speakers to my clients. Well, how great is that? Totally agree. And I, I just think um, we're so um, overstimulated with sitting on computers or phones or whatever. I think what what I'm sensing from people they love about the podcast is it, there's no visual stimulation to it. It's just listening. Yep. And they can listen when they're in a relaxed environment, which I think is um, really important too um, because I think you just naturally absorb more mm. when when you're just having to listen and, and you're not focusing on the person speaking as well. Um, no, I reckon it's, it's, it's fantastic what you've done because you've really aligned the book and the concepts in the book and the, and the way you're approaching this coaching and then wrapping it up with the podcast as well. And some of the stories and the guests you're interviewing, it just comes together as a, as a really nice package. Yeah, no, thanks. And just, and hopefully it should only keep me two or three days a week. <laughs> uh, and the coaching, I, I, I just enjoy that. I, but I think that will be the part, you know, less, I will do less of it. You know future. what's going to happen, Mark, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, need, we need, I only want to keep something at a certain size. That's True. when you're going to have for people knocking your door down. Yeah. Um, I would love to get a, a tip from you if I could. Um, just in a, an app, a book, and a podcast. Um, that anything that you like that doesn't have to be financial, but okay. you know, what are you finding helpful? Uh, can I do one tip first? That is for anyone out there who's got a super fund. <laughs> Sorry, this is slightly off topic. It's something I do really, it is probably my number one tip overall. And so when you said tip, it just reminded me. Yeah, uh, great. People think once they get, we're talking about 65, they, they need to retire. They need to be more conservative. Well, no, you know, you're trying to be the, as I said, the risk of living longer and hopefully you'll live another 30 years. Uh, people should still look at their uh, where their funds are invested, even in retirement. Yes, they can keep yeah, a certain amount absolutely. in cash to live off, but moving it from a standard default balance fund, which is where 80% of Australians sit, to a growth or higher growth to get that slightly, getting just an extra 2 or 3% on average a year, it's just going to make Dude. such a difference. So mm. that's my number tip for anything. But yeah, for a tip uh, on an app, I actually like the URA. I think that's how I pronounce it correctly, uh, O-U-R-A app. Uh, I heard this lady speaker at a conference whose just name just I've gone blank on, and I'm actually not wearing it today, but it's a black ring you wear, and yeah. what I use it for is to go to sleep with, uh, and it just measures how much uh, all the different types of sleep oh, cycle, wow. and especially your deep sleep. And yeah. I was told that of all the things of sleep, 
doesn't matter if you only get four hours sleep or 10 hours sleep, you need at least an hour to an hour and a half of deep sleep. Deep That's sleep, where your, yeah. body, your body recovers. And this measures that. And by wearing it over a couple of months, you'll work out, well, okay, alcohol, uh, what time of yeah. night you go to bed, when you eat last, go, all these things affect that deep sleep. It may not affect the other things, but it affects the deep sleep until you find what works for you. And I found that as a brilliant app. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. Um, Actually, I do know that because I um, I, I wear a, a Garmin. And, and once I started wearing that, I really started to notice that probably not rocket, rocket science in the end is the weeks that I felt the best was when the sleep was good. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, totally right. And I think yeah. anyone, when we're all talking, especially, you know, uh, the – with the full-time lives, you know, getting, yeah. keeping your health as optimal is, is definitely one of the things yeah. you've got to do. Uh, a book I just read that I've just, uh, was really just a quirky book that I read was uh, from, because I'm in Sydney, uh, Manly is where I grew up in, even though I don't live there now. Uh, and so I've always been interested in the history of North Head and Manly. And yeah. one of the things I really discovered uh, a while back was there was the quarantine station there or the yes. two stations. So a bit, you know, everyone sees about the immigrants coming through New York, going past mm. the Statue of Liberty and going to Ellis Island. But this was our Ellis Island, was the Q station yeah, at Manly. And they even did have the Spanish flu and cholera, and that's where they quarantined people. And all that's still there. Uh, and you can go to the tours. You can even stay there a weekend. Some of the places have been converted. And it's just you go through Manly, through the busiest or part of Sydney, and you just turn a corner and you you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. It's uh, And yeah. there's a book called From Quarantine to Q Station. Uh, and I've just finished it. And it's just a fascinating history of yeah, early that Australia. Would be. Mm. I actually watched a show last year um, about the Spanish flu and, and the quarantine station there. Mm. Uh, it was on ABC. Now, that would be fascinating. Yeah, so that's probably it. Um, yeah, great. No, fantastic. Um, well... Best of luck on your journey. If if people do want to, um, firstly, let's let, we're going to have to go through a long list here. Um, how, if they want to just get in touch with you, maybe through your website. What what is your website? Uh, Themoneysandwich.com. So just yep. that and. Yeah, and just, if they want to buy your book, yep, just they can. Oh, they can go to any site like you know the Google, the Amazons, uh, yep. uh, Dimix, and all that. They can buy it online. But yeah, if you uh, if you want to buy it through the website, that's probably the cheapest. And I'm also happy to sign it then if it's through the website. Yeah, but right. uh, yeah, you can buy it from any online store. Yeah, just the the website's built there. There's lots of retirement calculators and all those sort of things. So we're, what we're talking about, yeah. working out what's your retirement gap. Uh, and it's not to replace uh, good advice from a financial advisor, but there are just people who won't ever go see a financial advisor as a first step. And so this is probably that first step maybe leading into getting more comprehensive advice. Maybe, Mark, it is bringing them closer to that one day. Yeah, exactly right. This oh, is well the done. one day yeah. they go on there. And then finally, with your podcast, um, yes. that's yep. called A, a bite, bite From a, the Money Sandwich. A Bite From the Money Sandwich. Uh, and there's even an apple bite at the end. That was, that was <laughs> no, a that weird, ex cool. <laughs> weird experience, listening to different bites, but uh, to get the right one. And, yeah, we do that not like you every weekly. I just... <laughs> I'm trying to just keep my time uh, to a minimum, uh, yeah. but every fortnight. And so that's been going a couple of months now. So, yeah, it's slowly growing and so happy with it. And I think great just inspiration to hear stories from people about, you know, I think one of the ones I listened to, it was really someone talking through 
their transition into retirement, and and that was a great episode. Yeah, I've. Uh... It was important, yes, you can always get experts, but actually hearing from someone who's actually yeah. retired, and the first one I had was definitely, that was cold turkey, working flat out seven days a week, uh, 10, 12 hours a day, and then the next day he stopped, yeah. business was sold, and he was out. Uh, that was a big shock to the system. So, uh, And I think and- the more stories we can hear like that, because this, you know, I know with Natalie, who runs full-time lives, she will say there's, there's people that got it right, and there's just as important to hear from the people that didn't get it right and explain, yeah. you know, what, what they would have done differently. So, yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, thanks, Yeah. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, pleasure. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. Really hope you enjoyed that chat with Mark. Uh, Look, I think Mark's a real inspiration. Uh, I'll tell you why, because in in a lot of work that we're doing uh, with uh, people facing or coming into the transition of these retirement years, I'm not too far off it myself, um, it's thinking about the the areas that are of importance to live a good, happy and healthy life, you know, during the transition and also after. We work with a group called Full-Time Lives and and they've got five areas they, they really believe are important. You know, having a purpose, you know, understanding what makes you feeling valued and fulfilled, vitality, you know, staying mentally, physically and um, looking after your well-being, lifelong learning, keeping your brain stimulated, um, wealth is part of that and having a good financial plan and also enhancing your relationships with the community aspect as well. What Mark's done here, even just for himself, I think, is, you know, it's a real challenge with the career. You know, do I hang on to my career for as long as I can or do I make a move now? And he's really made that move and I feel like in all those five areas there, he's he's showing a great example on how to approach your own retirement. It just so happens that he's he, the role he's doing is helping other people um, in this phase of life. So it's just, it's absolutely excellent. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.